Electricast. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. On this bonus episode of MTP, you'll hear some of our extra conversation from the Boston Herald's Karen Garigian that got left on the cutting room floor from episode 78. We'll talk the importance of joint practices, Tom Brady and the Patriots' current relationship, and some suggested surprises the Patriots might bring out when Tom Brady comes back to the Lutz Stadium in week four. Is that third game of the preseason against the Giants? Because it is the third, so it's like, where do you go? But yeah, why not give Cam the opportunity until... Uh, until uh, he, I mean, cause does Brian Hoyer need to play in the preseason? He absolutely doesn't. But the thing you have to factor in too, though, is these joint practices, because a lot of the times, and not a lot, but some of the times you'd see Brady in these joint practices and light up the, you know, light them up or whatever, and then you wouldn't see him in the game. That's because he was getting quality time and quality reps against the opposition. And I was talking to somebody today that said it's even more competitive in a joint practice because, you know, teams don't want to be embarrassed when you're in that kind of setting. So it's, it's really more competitive almost. So that's why I think. Bill likes the joint practices. He can get more information in that kind of a setting because, again, every the intensity is just seems to be even higher than a preseason game. Also, my uh, my final question on MTP after dark with Cameron <laughs> is uh, gun to head. Do does Bob Kraft and New England Patriots do something special to commemorate Tom Brady returning to Gillette Stadium in week four? At one time, I would say absolutely no question about it. But Brady has been tweaking them. God, did you see how great this ring is? (laughs) Holy, it's the best ring I've ever had. Like the others were crap. I mean, he's a lot of fun when he's not a Patriot. It also, it also d- didn't go to Kraft's birthday party. That's why I asked this question. Right. So I don't know how, I don't know if people will be that petty, but maybe. I think if Bill wasn't the head coach, Mike, I think if Bill wasn't the head coach anymore, I think they would in a heartbeat. But I think because he is, I think it's going to be business as usual. Welcome them in. The day before, they'd have a, they'd have a, a, a duck coat parade. For right. <laughs> like he's Ray Bork, 2001. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, go win a championship in Colorado and we'll give you a parade. I yeah. don't know. It's going to be that whole day, but I'm sure they'll play nice. I don't know. This is much better than my ring of only 500 diamonds on it. 
it opens, dude. It it literally opens. But that it, it's a pretty wild ring. I'll give him that. But again, it, he just seems to be like rubbing salt in the wound every chance he gets. Of course he does. So, you know. It's the first time being free in like 20 years. Something, yeah, right? Oh, so, yeah, the grass is greener on the other side. Just paid millions of dollars to play a game. It's the first time he's free. <laughs> they complimented each other well. I think, uh, I think th- there's now more intrigue into Belichick's su- success this year. We saw what Brady did. Perfect situation. Great. Now let's see what Bill can do. I, I agree. Agree. And again, I'm not somebody in the camp who's going to say it's all Brady. It wasn't. It was a combination of Brady, Belichick, and the personnel around them. You don't win. You don't win the the, the Super Bowl against the Rams without the defense. Right. You don't win. You know. You don't win Seattle if uh, Malcolm Butler doesn't make the play. It's not all Brady. He's a big, huge part of it. But again, game plans that Belichick has came up with are a big part of it. He's the guy who put all the personnel together, even even though you want to rip him for his recent drafts. He put the teams together around Brady. So, yes, Brady gets the lion's share. There's no question about that. But don't. These people who just want to dismiss Belichick and dismiss everybody else. You know what's going to bother me the most, and as a fan, is when I pull into the parking lot in week four for a Sunday night game, everybody's been getting lubed up all day, and the amount of pewter number 12 jerseys with Brady on the back that I'm going to see being worn by Patriots fans is going to be, now, granted, I did at one time where I was like 13 years old. I did wear a Peyton Manning jersey to Foxborough Stadium. I love Peyton Manning. That's just the way I am. But the I just I know so many people that went off and, and bought a Tampa Bay Brady jersey. And it, I'm just glad they're not weird. Yeah, right, right. As long as it's the pewter one that actually looks good, yeah, then that's fine, right? I guess there's a little rep- the same thing for people that, I mean, uh, the, the same comparison would be like if, if you bought a Ray Bork uh, Avalanche jersey, right? So that's what, I mean, I, w- I would hearken that to you. Okay, so I lied. My actual last question on MTB after that is this. You said that people say it's all, it's, all, it's all Brady. I promise I won't take up more of your time. What would it take? Like, what does Brady have to do? What if he wins again this year? Then d- do people say, maybe it was? Maybe it was mostly. Oh, they're, they're, they're saying it now. I mean, I... I there's so much commentary, even from players who are coming out, who have come out and said it, or switched gears when Brady won in Tampa. But I just think it's being a little short-sighted, even if he wins another one and another one and another one. Oh my! I'm not saying I'm not saying he's not responsible. I'm he's definitely get gets the lion's share, but. It, it's stupid to dismiss Belichick and it's stupid to dismiss the casts around Brady. And, and you got to look at it someone from Brady. And I understand some of his frustration, but when you're able to go to Tampa and basically LeBron the roster and get the chance, not that he didn't play well enough to, to win the Super Bowl, but he went and basically handpicked his roster on both sides of the ball. And I mean, that that's fine. That's the way sports are now. So I'm not going to discount it. Um, 
but it definitely helped. And, and I think for a long time, Belichick did play that game of, hey, this is the supporting cast. This is what we're going to put out there. And, uh, and we're going to try and win it that way. What happens if you don't have Adam Vinatieri first couple of years? Or in no game? How big is the legend? I mean, does the legend, I mean, does the same course of events happen if they don't have Adam Vinatieri? I think Bledsoe could have still been the starter the next year. That, that would have changed a lot. But I, I think Bill lo- loved Tom. It's a it is a great what if. Uh, Karen, again, thank you, thank you so much. This, this, this was so much fun. I could part two, part two after hours. Yeah, part two. <laughs> what else you got for us? The treatment. Did you ever? Th- I mean, okay. I, 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 I'm such a liar. I'm such a liar. Justin, like. Why didn't they move up three picks for Justin Fields, Karen? Why? Why? That stunned me too. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. Again, because again, I'm the one who was on the record saying they would get it. They it made more sense to get a quarterback more in the image of Cam Newton. They did just the opposite. Yeah. So again, that one baffled me. I like Justin Fields a lot. Sam, he's so good. But here's the, I almost think. Bill was a little, I mean, they drafted Mac Jones and in the war room, it was like a morgue. Like, I don't know if you saw that. I did. Yeah. So then, yeah. You know, all these other rooms, you know, they draft someone, you know, it was like, you know, they're having a circus in the Patriots room. Yeah. Just Bill going, yeah, yeah. You go with this. You go with this pick. You go with it. Okay. All right. Oh, yeah, I guess we'll take him. Professionalism always from the one. I guess. Yeah. So again, it's just kind of odd, even though, again, Mac Jones is the perfect fit for the Tom Brady offense. That's what they were keeping. But let's also talk about, I think, the fact that Jimmy getting, bringing Jimmy Garoppolo here did not work out. Also bummed out Belichick. Was he res- okay? You're making such a lot out of me. Was he responsible for for all those things that we've heard about San Francisco wanting Mac Jones? That felt like a Patriot plant story because that was ne- they were never going to draft Mac Jones third overall, right? That felt like that felt like it was something like Bill saying, "Oh, I've heard that the San Francisco really wants Mac." Surprises that they took. I mean, I would have taken Justin Fields there, right? Yeah. Yes. I mean, all they're saying Trey Lance is. Doing very well. Thank you. Right. And again, it's not that I don't like Trey Lance, but again, in terms of development, how many years did Justin Fields, you know, how many games did he Lance didn't let any games 220, 2020. Yep. So again, it's just some things are a little baffling to me. But the other part of the equation that's also baffling to me is, again, we build up this thing that, Bill loves Jimmy G and, you know, that was his, you know, he hated trading away. Well, guess what? He could have had him, I think, because there were talks before the draft to see if they could make it work. And Bill was nickel and diamond. Were those real talks? I th- yeah, I think they were. I think they, I think they, they had discussions, just feeling out discussions. And I think San Francisco gave him permission and smartly, uh, actually, I think it was smart that Garoppolo didn't want to like play for chunk change like Cam. Didn't want to restructure. He's making all this money. 
what is he going to come to New England and basically be the good soldier that Brady was? And, you know, keep settling for less money and less money and less money and less money. That's where I go to the human element with it with Jimmy G. And it's like, all right, was I just a pawn in the love triangle of Bill Belichick, Tom Brady, and Robert Kraft? You know, was I, was I just a pawn in that? Like I was the next guy, but I wasn't really, but I was the, you know, so it's like, it, to me, I don't, I, don't, I probably would have done the same thing too. Cause it's like, yeah, I'm going to make this money. I'm going to be a backup and that's the money I'm going to make. Cool. Yeah. But again, if Jimmy G was really the, the, the Bill Belichick's love child and object of his affection and the quarterback that he so wanted and the quarterback who was going to, you know, prove him right. Why is he nickel and diamond on? I can't. It, could Josh have been a part of that? Like Daniels? Maybe. One way or the other? Maybe, but again, who makes the decisions? No, absolutely. At the end of the day, at the end of the day, Bill Bill decides what goes on the cutting room floor. He decides what, what goes up on the big screen. I, I get that. Uh, it just, you know, maybe if Mac Jones is as much of McDaniel's guy as he says he is, maybe Bill said, all right, fine, let's do that. And it's cheaper. There's also no way that he would have paid more to get Jimmy Jeep than for what he gave up. Right. So I, I don't think, I don't think he could have done that. He was never going to offer a second or a first round. But I think the tie up was the contract. Yeah. Bill, did, Bill didn't want to inherit the contract that San Francisco gave him. So he was looking to restructure and renegotiate that contract. But essentially Jimmy G, you know, would be taking less to be traded. It is very apparent, though, that Kyle Shanahan would put him on a one-way ticket boat to Alcatraz if he could. True. Yeah, it just it blows me away the things. Plus, after every quarterback not named Jimmy Garoppolo, basically. Yeah, you're right. That's how he was his whole career. I mean, that's how he was in in Washington when he was the offensive coordinator under his dad too. Uh, you know, he he wanted or was he there under his dad or was that in Denver? Either way, when he was in Washington as the OC. He loved every quarterback there, and they weren't great. Yeah. Neither is Jimmy. Jimmy's not great. I don't want to, but I, I love Jimmy G. I would love to have him back. I've just accepted now that it's the Cam Newton and Mac, Mac Jones show. Yeah. Well, let's not forget, I think Belichick also wants to prove that he doesn't need a quarterback to win. He can win with any step. He went eleven and five with Matt Castle. I mean, that's what everyone else says, but that, but people forget they went eight eighteen and one the year before. So there still was that seven win drop off there. True, true. So you know, so that's why I think he's enamored with Cam Newton too, or a Cam Newton who's a shell of his two thousand and fifteen self. Yep. So again, it's Belichick secretly wants to prove he can win with any step in, in a per, in a perfect world uh, i i feel like he wanted cam to be for the patriots what steve mcnair was for the ravens for that one year catch lightning in the bottle and then it just you know i, th- I think last year wasn't all cam's fault like he we forget that uh the, the number of talent and i think if cam if he plays exactly the same as he did last year this year there's no mac jones that's a 10 win team it, it just it's i don't know if that's enough to get to the playoffs though Probably not ten and seven. Probably this year. Yeah, yeah. It's just so interesting watching watching the quarterbacks and watching Bill with what he's trying to to put together. And you mentioned him wanting to try and win 
uh, when the stiff and Mike brings up the Matt Castle season 11 and five. The only reason they made that was because they lost the tiebreaker with the Dolphins. And, uh, you know, that, and, and some would say that maybe he did win a Super Bowl with a Steph and Tom Brady in 2001, some rookie kid that just stepped in. Yeah. He might do the same with Mac Jones. I do think, I think Jones has done enough to kind of wet Belichick's appetite a little bit. I think he's a little, cited by Mac Jones might be a little bit strong, but I think from what, Mac Jones shows day in and day out. I think Belichick actually is on the side of now there could be something there. You know? Yeah. We still haven't crossed these hurdles of him actually playing against a, I don't want to say a real defense, but an opposing defense. Having him really get hit and, you know, by a defender. Because he's 6'3", but he's kind of slight to me. Yep. I mean, next to, to uh, Cam Newton, he's like a midget. So sure. Yeah, he does not look 6'3". I mean, he, he looks like a little guy. I mean, a little boy. But, but he can play, you know? He can play. And, uh, again, because he keeps, they keep throwing more stuff at him, and he just keeps acing it. They're just going to keep going with that until he finally hits a wall. And we'll see if he... And that was the joke, right? When he was drafted was the old uh, NFL Play 60 commercial with Cam Newton where the kid's warming up his arm. That's been the joke that that's now Mac Jones. But what's interesting, too, with the Cam thing is we talked about he's got to... Bill's got to love Cam. And here's the reason why. Because normally when there's guys that he thinks are over the hill or getting close to being over the hill, he doesn't bring them back, especially on defense. Asante Samuel, Ty Law, Warren Malloy, which he was wrong about or Malloy, we all know. Uh, but, you know, a lot of times that's what he does. So so why keep Cam Newton around if you don't think he can do it? So clearly he thinks that he can, that Cam Newton can manage, even if it's just manage the offense, which Cam Newton is not a game manager, but he thinks he can get to that point with Cam Newton, clearly. I think he thinks he can manage a run-first offense, being a little more specific he can manage an offense with a great offensive line a lot of running backs and two tight ends as outlets basically that's what you got sounds like a carolina offense to me right so it sounds like you know there was all those rumors during the offseason that he could end up in in washington and uh, all the rumors that they were apparently ready to pay him 25 million dollars which i think is outrageous but you know river going back to play under riverboat run you know, that was the, the rumor in the off season, but I don't know. I, at this point, I'm glad he's here to, to at least be in, in front of or behind Mac Jones in some way. Trust me. He, he's not, he's not, he's not going to be bouncing balls like he was last year. I, I, I mean, if he does, I'd be surprised because that's not, the, the, he overthrows guys in practice as opposed to what he was doing last year which was bouncing balls to players. Uh, so whatever that was, it's, it hasn't been apparent in training camp. And he's made some really good long ball throws and some really good on-the-money, you know, you know how we couldn't hit him and see her two feet in front of him? <laughs> I, I mean, well, you know, those, he couldn't hit James White to save his life, and that's a crime right there. He's been much better in all those facets. I got to tell you what I see. 
<laughs> you don't have to. It's all what you're allowed to. But you're right. Like it, his arms, he's overthrowing guys on the sideline. Last year, he would throw a guy's feet on the sideline. And we always, we were so accustomed to, and we've seen it so much in the NFL that if you're gonna, if you're gonna miss a guy on the sideline, overthrow it. And and that's what I've seen more from Cam. Ed, from what I've seen, I, I haven't been down to practice. And- so that's it. So. He was doing that for either one of two reasons. One, his arm is really shot. Or two, he just did he wasn't sure where to go because he didn't know the offense. He wasn't sure if he was throwing into the right spot, so he was hesitant. I mean, I think all of those things come into play. And they still went seven and nine. And he still rushed for twelve touchdowns. Yes. Yeah, I think they really liked the rush for twelve touchdowns part. He was throwing to nobody. I mean, Jacoby Myers was an emerging wide receiver because he was the only option. Right. Like, he, he was their best red zone threat, Cam. Well, now he has some help. I think now, like, to that point, though, right, he was their only red zone threat. Now he's not. Yeah. 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 And the fact he scored 12 is, is actually says something, you know. He still accounted for 20 Patriots touchdowns in the 7-9 and nine season when he's still some time. And he look if he listen if he can be half as good seventy five percent as good uh, in games this year as he was in that Seattle game last year, uh, yeah, we'll be all right. Yeah, hey, is it safe to say Julian Edelman's not coming back? <laughs> I don't know. Thanksgiving, that's the deadline, right? I had to I had to throw it in there just because it, it was it was kind of funny after we. Talked. If he comes back, he'll look like a complete fool. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And. Does he want to risk that to his reputation? No. Because he's beloved in New England right now. And if he comes back and plays for any team but New England. Tampa. They, if he does that, he will be hated. And I don't, again, I don't think, I don't think he wants that. So do they ask him to come back and be the honorary captain in week four? Would he do that to Tommy? Would he do that to daddy down in Tampa? Yeah. <laughs> wow, it is the After Dark show, isn't it? Yeah, I, that might be my best question of the night. He'll be there, and a billion other people will be there as well. So That's the game where they show Bon Jovi on the big screen, and we all sing along to Living on a Prayer. Oh. <laughs> thank you, Karen. We kept you way too long, but I, I thank you so much. Uh, I mean, you could use, like, After Dark Part 2, 1 and 2 for shows down the road. We might. <laughs> we might. Electric acid. Welcome to Tuning Into Sound Wellbeing, where we harmonize your mind, body, and soul. I'm Amanda, your sound therapy expert. And I'm Stephen, the curious explorer uncovering the mysteries of sound. Together, we explore vibrations, frequencies, and the power of sound therapy and tuning forks. Discover ancient wisdom, reduce stress, and tune into a healthier life. Subscribe to Tuning Into Sound Wellbeing today. Hey there, fabulous souls. I'm Stephanie Baklaan. And I'm Eden Alpert. And we're the hosts of the brand new podcast, Unapologetically Fab. Get ready to join us on an amazing and real journey as we dive into life after 40 and own it. We're all about changing the narrative, leaning into who you are, and living a life by your own design. Join us as we embrace life unapologetically and redefine success. This is Unapologetically Fab. An Electric Cast production. See you there. Electric Cast. 
Futurecast.